Welcome back to the Fit Ish Project with your host, Lathan Bass. And on this show, you know, we try to make fitness and health practical for the average person like me and you. And today I have another topic that I think is going to be helpful to you. Uh, so I've done an episode similar to this in the past, kind of talking about some myths within the fitness and health industry. But if you spend any kind of time at all on social media, you probably know that there is an abundance of poor information out there. There's a lot of myths that still seem to stick around and it can make things very confusing, overwhelming, and sometimes can actually be dangerous too, based on the information that people are putting out there because we're dealing with things like fitness, health, nutrition, those type of things. All those things affect your health. And if people are giving terrible advice, some of that stuff is not only unhealthy, but it can be dangerous at times. So I think it's important to try to get out the information that's actually true, things that are backed by science, things that are logical, things that actually are practical and make sense, you know, like I said, for the average person, because again, there's just so much information out there and it's really hard to know what's actually true, what's not true, especially if you're somebody who's not, you know, super into health and fitness. Maybe you care about health and fitness, you know, it's important and you want to make it a priority, but it's not, you know, your favorite thing to sit around and read a bunch of health and fitness books or, you know, consume a bunch of health and fitness type content like myself. So that is where I come in. I try to make this stuff easy to understand, try to make it simple, try to make it practical, try to make it bite-sized and manageable so that you can actually understand it and you can actually apply it to your life. Because again, all the information in the world doesn't do a whole lot of good if you can't really apply it and use it. So in this episode, I will talk about five common myths that I've either heard recently or just things that I think you know we need to talk about. And the reason that I came upon this, this topic was I was recently having a conversation with a client who asked about whether eating too few of calories could cause uh, them to gain fat, which is a myth that we'll talk about. People think if you eat too little, it's going to cause your body to store fat, which spoiler alert, that is a myth that is not real. And we'll get into why that is. So again, within this episode, I'm going to talk about five different myths. So that's going to be one of them. We're going to talk about uh, is cardio the best thing for weight loss? We're going to talk about if lifting weights will make you bulky. We're going to talk about how to actually measure what a good workout equals. Uh, and then we're going to talk about whether or not you have to dedicate multiple hours each day to be fit and healthy. And not only are we going to, we're going to talk about some of these topics, we're actually going to talk about things that you can focus on instead, things that are actually going to move the needle, things that are actually going to be beneficial in not cause you to waste a bunch of time and, you know, get in the weeds about all this stuff. Because again, it is very easy to do that when it comes to health and fitness. There's so many different opinions. There's so much information. There's so much little nuances and details and stuff if you really want to dig into that kind of stuff. But when it comes to just being an overall, you know, being in better shape, looking better, having more energy, you know, those type of things, you can do a lot of that stuff with just understanding a few simple principles and using the right methods. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So, you know, to kind of preface this a little bit, I said, you know, now I am more into health and fitness, you know, ever since making the decision to lose a bunch of weight and realize that I was super passionate about this stuff and that not only did it help me a ton, but now I want to continue to help other people with this type of stuff. I also fell victim to a bunch of these myths as well. Like, 
even now there's times where I'll get on social media and like some clip or some video is so well put together and the person talking sounds like they know what they're talking about and they're like very you know convincing and it seems like oh maybe there is some truth to that but then when you actually dig into it step back for a second look at the science like you realize that a lot of these people are just full of bull and they're trying to either sell you something or they're trying to push their own views on you which again aren't necessarily backed in science and not really practical or logical for the average person so I get it. I mean, I get it. It can be hard to, to figure out what's actually true, what's not true, what you should be focusing on and what you should just ignore. So, you know, we'll get into some of those things. But just a personal example of me, like when I was losing my 100 pounds, like I've mentioned a couple different times that I did some probably not the healthiest things. I probably felt trapped to, you know, some of those same things that people still you know, fall victim to today. Like one of the things I shared recently on my social media, on my Instagram was talking about there was a period of time where I didn't really eat a whole lot of fruit because I remember hearing that fruit would make you fat because since fruit had sugar in it and sugar gets this really bad rep that, you know, sugar's evil and poison and really bad. I was like, well, if that's what's making me fat, I'm just not going to eat fruit. That way I don't have to worry about, you know, gaining weight, putting on a bunch of fat. So again, you're not alone. You know, I've been somebody who's bought into some of these things and in the past and, you know, I see people who buy into this stuff still to this day. And like, again, I don't blame you. Like, it's hard to really know what's actually accurate and what's not. And these are conversations that I have literally on a weekly basis about some of these different kinds of myths and some of these questions that people still have. And so one of the things that I try to really encourage people to do is just to understand some of the basic principles. Because once you understand the principles, it makes being able to weed your way through some of this information and some of this content out there much, much easier. And it's not like you have to understand every single little detail, but there are definitely some principles that if you do understand them, it makes it much easier to, you know, make sure you're doing the right things. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're doing something that is, you know, unhealthy for you or not going to be beneficial to you in the long run. And one thing that I think about is this quote that I came across a while back, but the quote was, Methods are many, principles are few, methods constantly change, but the principles never do. And I think this is perfect when it comes to health and fitness because, again, there's a thousand different kind of diets that you can follow. There's tons of different kinds of training programs you can follow. There's tons of different habits and stuff that you can pick up. There's different protocols and different things that you can do within the health and fitness world that are different. Like there's just different ways to approach it. But when it comes to the main principles, things like, energy balance and progressive overload, like those are two main principles within, you know, fitness that if you understand those things, you can really figure out whether or not a diet is right for you or a training program is right for you without having to really understand anything too deeply. Because the fact of the matter is, you know, these trends and things that come in fitness, like they'll come and go, like there's, you know, things that used to be popular that are now not so popular, but probably down the line, they'll be popular again and things that maybe were very popular, you know, 20 years ago, we're starting to come back. So like things kind of come in in waves, and they always tend to come back around. But again, if you understand, you know, the main principles behind these things, then you don't have to worry about falling prey to some of these really bad fitness advice or fitness methods or diets or training programs and things like that. I get it. I was there. I avoided, you know, fruit for probably three, I don't know, three months or so, because I thought it was going to make me fat. And 
I love fruit. Like I eat fruit all the time. Now I eat probably three to four servings of fruit. I've always really enjoyed fruit, but because I didn't really understand the principles behind weight loss or fat loss or nutrition, it caused me to spend a period of time not eating fruit, not, you know, enjoying something that I actually do like, which it's about understanding this so you can find the things that actually work for you and that are actually, you know, backed by science and actually good strategies to use. It's also, again, important to understand these, you know, these things and making sure that you're not buying into some of this crap out there. Because again, as I mentioned at the beginning, like some of this stuff is actually pretty dangerous. Like I was just doing a little research and just looking at some, you know, past diets and things like that, because you know, again, there's been dozens of them, but like some of the things that people used to try in order to like make faster progress or because they thought it had like crazy good benefits or things like that is just ridiculous. Like just to give you a couple examples, there was people at one time who did what was called a tapeworm diet where they would swallow a tapeworm and the tapeworm, the whole purpose was it was the tapeworm would grow within their stomach and any of the food that they ate, the tapeworm would eat the food and lose weight, which like you think about that for more than two seconds, you're like, oh, that's probably not a good idea to have this big ass tapeworm inside of my stomach, eating different things and traveling around my body and causing a bunch of other problems. Like, but people did that because they didn't know any better and they thought it was going to give them faster progress. They thought it was going to make them lose weight, like all that different type of stuff. There was another one where people would eat, it was just called the baby food diet. They just eat baby food throughout their, throughout the day. Like, Again, think about that for more than five seconds and you're like, okay, is, do I want to eat baby food for the rest of my life? Like, absolutely not. But because people want faster progress, because they want you know, to see the scale drop or they think it's going to give them these great results, like they'll try anything, which if it's not going to be sustainable, probably shouldn't be doing it. And then another one that I saw, which was just horrible, it was called the cotton ball diet where people would dip cotton balls. Like the cotton balls, they're not edible. They're just cotton balls that you would find, you know, that you would use for different stuff. They would dip cotton balls in like juice or pop or something like that to give it a little flavor and they would swallow them. They'd eat them. And the idea was they would give some flavor, but these cotton balls would fill, fill up their stomach. Obviously, cotton balls aren't made to be edible. So you can see where they probably got into a lot of different health issues with that. And again, that's where I say like, some of this advice and some of these things that people come up with can actually be dangerous if you're if you're not careful, which like some of those things are pretty obvious. Like obviously you probably shouldn't be swallowing cotton balls or swallowing a live tapeworm. But like some of this stuff maybe isn't so obvious and things that you're trying to do of like avoiding entire food groups or taking out whole macronutrients, like avoiding fruit like I was doing for a while. Like that's probably not, you know, the best thing for your health because we know like fruit has a lot of nutrients. It's good for you, different things like that. So Again, just having a little bit of a base knowledge about certain things can be helpful. And I think that's why talking about these certain myths and things like this, and then actually giving you some information that, you know, is actually useful and things that you can focus on instead of these, you know, poor information or these myths can be super helpful as well. So, you know, as a good rule of thumb, like if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. So if you hear like these outlandish claims when it comes to like nutrition, especially, but even like in fitness and in health. It's probably not true. If it seems extremely unsustainable, probably not worth doing. Like, are you going to eat baby food for the rest of your life? It's probably not worth doing then. That's not a very good strategy. And if it doesn't follow, you know, basic fitness principles, like if it doesn't follow energy balance, which all that means is, you know, if I'm eating less food, 
that's going to cause me to lose weight. If I'm eating more food than I need to be, that's going to cause me to gain weight. Like if a diet doesn't fall into those basic rules, probably not a good diet. If, you know, a training program doesn't follow progressive overload, in other words, if I'm not continuing to focus on progress, getting stronger, being able to do more reps, maybe running further, running faster, if it doesn't follow that basic principle, then it's probably not a great program if you want to make progress. So just understanding those things, you know, those basic little things can be super helpful in navigating your way through some of this really bad information out there. But getting into this, myth number one, talking about eating too few of calories, if that will cause you to gain fat. So the myth is that if you eat too little of calories, your body is going to cause you to actually hold on or gain more fat, which is a myth. It's sometimes known as starvation mode. Basically, to give you a very real world example is if this were true, people in underdeveloped countries who actually don't have enough to eat, who are starving or you know not getting the proper nutrients, they would be super overweight. But that's not the case. When you see people who actually are, you know, malnutritioned or undernourished or, you know, don't have enough food to eat, they're very skinny. They don't have a lot of muscle. They don't have a lot of fat. They don't look very healthy or vibrant in so if that were the case, if they were eating too few calories, their body would be causing them to hold on to fat, which is what the myth says, but that's just not true. Now, eating too little calories, especially when it comes to dieting, is something that a lot of people do. And it's not that it's going to make you hold on to fat or gain fat or anything like that, but it does present some other issues. So if you're somebody who is severely under eating, the chances of you overeating at some point down the line is probably pretty high. If you've ever gone on a really low calorie diet or gone through a period of time where like you just didn't eat much, eventually your body is going to start to send you those signals of, you know, it's hungry, it wants to eat more, and you end up overeating or binge eating or just going crazy, going nuts, going off the hinges, and then you end up eating too much. Also, you know, along with that, inconsistent eating habits can lead to some other problems. We know that, you know, if we want to have a healthy weight or maintain a healthy weight or even lose some weight, it's probably better if we eat on a certain schedule versus like, you know, different sporadic type of eating. So maybe one day you're eating very little. And then, you know, the next day you're eating a ton because you didn't eat enough and you're just super hungry. So like having a more routine, more steady type of eating pattern is definitely beneficial. And then the third thing is like when you're eating too few calories, it's going to mess with your hunger cravings, your hunger signals, your satiety levels, which can all affect, you know, how much you're eating on a regular basis. Because when you are eating too little, when you're eating in a calorie deficit or when you're trying to diet, like those signals will start to go up. It's just natural. Your body doesn't necessarily want to change. So when you're doing that in a very extreme manner, you're going to have some different outcomes that aren't that easy to control. So you find yourself super hungry. You're just like trying to eat everything in sight. So again, it's not that it's going to cause you to gain fat or hold on to fat, but eating too little calories probably isn't the best strategy. Instead, I always advocate for people to go for a more moderate approach. If, you know, fat loss is the goal or maybe you're trying to lose a little body weight, you know, eating 500 less calories, 750, maybe even 1,000 is much more manageable versus like eating, you know, 500 calories a day or 1,200 calories a day or something like that. That's just not very sustainable and it's going to end up causing you to eat too much down the line and just kind of overdo it. So take a more moderate approach. Yes, it takes longer, but if you can actually, you know, sustain those results, 
And if you know it's not miserable to do it, then the likelihood of you actually being able to keep those results as you get them is much more likely than you know just crash dieting and just eating too little, and then you know having that yo-yo effect or that rebound effect where you gain all your weight back or gain all your fat back. Plus, you know, taking a more moderate approach allows you to actually build better habits, which is going to lead to again long-term progress. So, crash dieting, you know, eating too few calories not a great thing to do instead take a more moderate approach it'll take longer but it'll be you know more sustainable more enjoyable all that good stuff uh, myth number two cardio is best for weight loss so the best thing for weight loss is consuming less calories and moving more right we hear that all the time eat less move more but it is extremely difficult to out train a poor diet so nutrition should be the main focus when it comes to losing fat or losing weight reason being is because you're not going to out exercise a bad diet unless you're somebody who's like like a marathon runner or like long distance like endurance type athlete who's burning you know tons and tons of calories per day but that is the small minority that is not most people you're not getting burning as many calories as you think through exercise exercise is great for a lot of things you know it's it can absolutely be helpful in losing weight but it is not the main driver of fat loss that is going to be nutrition that's going to be how much food you're eating so first of all you need to understand that so like just the idea that cardio is best for weight loss well nutrition is best for weight loss that's where you're going to make your most progress is being able to control the things that you're eating so understand that number one number two when it comes to you know the move more part cardio can be beneficial absolutely but there's some things that you probably want to consider First of all, what are you going to be able to do consistently? So if you're somebody who enjoys cardio, cardio might not be a bad option. If you're somebody who hates cardio, well, then cardio is probably not going to be your best option because if you hate it and you're not doing it and you're not consistent with it, well, then it's probably not going to do you a whole lot of good. The other thing you need to understand is, do you want to just lose weight or do you want to look a certain way? Because if you want to just lose weight, then cardio might be a fine option for you. If you're just not really worried about your appearance and you just want to see that number on the scale go down and you just want to drop some pounds like cardio might be an option for you to use but most people who have a goal of losing weight losing fat they want to look a certain way they don't just want to lose weight they want to look a certain way which typically people want to have a little bit more muscle maybe look a little bit more lean a little bit more toned is what you know a lot of females say basically you want to have a little bit more muscle and you want to lose some body fat and the best way that you can go about doing that again is nutrition on one side of things, but then also strength training, because strength training is going to be the best possible way that you can kind of build and sculpt and form your body into the way that you want it to look, which again, for most people is like that lean kind of toned some muscle, losing some fat type of look, strength training, and then nutrition is going to be your best mixture for that. Cardio can be helpful for sure. Like in cardio is great for health. It can be good for you know burning some extra calories if that's what you want to do. But when it comes to, you know, looking a certain way, strength training is probably going to be your best bet there. Because again, you have a lot more control over what your body's going to look like. You're not just losing weight, but you're building or maintaining muscle and then losing fat with the nutrition side of things. And then the third thing to think about too, is that when it comes to cardio is like cardio may burn more calories, but your body can quickly adapt to cardio because it's pretty consistent. So as your body gets more efficient at cardio, so as you start to lose weight, as you start to get better at that certain form of cardio, 
uh, you will burn less and less calories over time versus something like strength training, where you're continuing to push the intensity, you're continuing to use heavier weights and continuing to progressively overload. You're not going to adapt as quickly because you're always changing that stimulus. You're always challenging yourself versus like running or biking or something like that. Your body's going to get more efficient at that. And you're not going to burn quite as many calories. Now, it's not that that's like a huge deal or a super, you know, that's not like a crazy thing or that's not like super bad, but it's just something to understand. So I guess the main point here is like, you know, again, is cardio best for weight loss? The answer is no, not necessarily. Instead, what you probably want to focus on, number one, as we talked about, is controlling your calories through the nutrition side of things first. Understand that exercise is secondary for weight loss. And then I would advise you pick a form of exercise that you will actually stick to. And ideally, this includes both cardio and strength training. So you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You know, I might be a little bit biased, but again, I said, if your goals are to look a certain way, strength training is probably going to be your best bet if you had to pick between one or the other. But, you know, if you want to do cardio and you're just worried about losing weight, then that's also an option as well. Uh, Myth number three, lifting weights makes you bulky. So this is something that I still hear from time to time. Luckily, I feel like it is kind of dying out a little bit more um, and I don't hear it quite as much, but I do hear things similar to it that are related or kind of like getting at the same point. So I'll sometimes hear people say things like, I only want to lift light weights for more reps so that I don't get bulky or like, I just want to get toned. Like I don't really want to get bulky. And I think people just kind of have a misunderstanding of like what's actually going on here. So you have to understand that muscles don't tone like there's no you know toning of muscles like they don't they don't change in a way that makes them more toned, which like I use the term tone because most people know what they're like when they say the word tone, they know what they're thinking about, like they know what they want when they say that what's actually happening and what they think is happening is two different things. So muscles don't get toned, they grow, they stay the same or they shrink. And this is just based on, you know, how much your muscles are challenged. So if you use progressive overload, you continue to lift heavier weights, lift more weight, use more volume, get more reps, like all those things and challenge your muscles and, you know, overload them, then they're going to grow. If you don't do things like maybe let's say you stop lifting for a long period of time and you don't really do a whole lot with your muscles, then they'll shrink. And if you do a moderate amount, like just enough to kind of maintain, then they're going to stay the same. So again, they don't really tone. They're either getting bigger, getting smaller, or staying the same. So understanding that I think is helpful. The people that you see who you think, you know, look lean, look athletic, look tone, like they lift heavy weights and they eat in a way that allows them to cut down on their body fat, which it will give them that appearance of looking more fit, athletic, tone, lean, that sort of thing. So you're not just going to get big and bulky overnight. It takes years to get big and bulky. And if you ask the average gym person, like how long they've been trying to get big and bulky, they will tell you years. And you go in the average gym, you don't see a ton of people who look like super huge and super bulky. And the people that have, I can promise you it was not an accident of them getting there. They spent years of training, you know, four or five times a week. They spent years of eating enough food, getting enough protein, prioritizing recovery, like really doing a lot in the gym and making fitness a huge priority in order to get there. So it's not something that, you know, you just go in the gym three times a week and you do some average workouts and eat some protein and all of a sudden in, you know, two weeks, you're looking like the rock, like it just doesn't happen that way. It takes a lot of 
focus. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of intensity and it takes a lot of time to get that way. So thinking that you're going to go in the weight room and get bulky by accident is like the furthest thing from the truth. I've personally been trying to get big and bulky for years and like, I'm still don't look anything like, you know, a huge bulky, like bodybuilder or anything like that. Like, and I've been intentionally trying to get bigger and gain muscle and put on strength and put on size and that sort of thing. And I've been at it for years, like almost a dec over a decade now of lifting weights. And I'm, you know, still don't look anything like those huge monstrous bodybuilders that people are afraid to become. So again, it's not just going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen by accident. So instead, you know, focusing on some strength training is definitely a good thing that everybody should be doing. It's great for your overall health. It's great for your bone health. It's great for building muscle. It's great for your mental health, building power and strength, injury prevention, better mobility. There's just so many benefits that you get from strength training and, you know, just the way that it allows you to live your life in a way that you can do all the things that you enjoy, the way you look, the way you feel like it has so many benefits. So not including strength training because you think you're going to get big and bulky is a massive mistake and you're doing yourself a disservice if that's the reason that you're choosing not to do some sort of strength training so had to talk about that one real quick uh myth number four sweating and soreness are the best ways to measure a good workout so this is something that i see quite a bit and i think the first thing that we have to talk about when it comes to this like in measuring like what actually constitutes a good workout because i think most people do they measure their workouts based on how much they sweated or how sore they are the next day and that's not necessarily the best way to measure whether or not it was a good workout first thing you have to think about is well what's your goal this is how you're actually going to be able to measure whether it was a good workout or not is based on your goal so if your goal is just to move if your goal is maybe just to sweat a little bit maybe to get your heart rate up uh, maybe to just you know move your body a little bit and you don't have a specific goal in like building muscle or losing fat or building strength or building endurance or anything like that and your sole goal is just simply just to get some exercise activity then sweating and a little bit of soreness might actually not be a bad way to measure it but if you do have you know a specific goal on building strength or building muscle or improving your mile time or you know something like that then using soreness or sweating as a way to gauge whether or not you had a good workout is definitely not a good way to measure your goal but you know i get it i get the appeal sweating and soreness makes us feel like we got a good workout in you know it's good for our psyche it's good for our mindset because we feel like we're working hard you know we're pushing ourselves we're up in the intensity and all that stuff feels really good mentally but again like if you want to pursue a certain goal and you have you know these metrics that you need to be following or trying to hit then make sure that you are actually measuring the right thing because sweating and being sore is not necessarily going to be the mark of a good workout if i'm trying to build a bunch of strength if i'm trying to like build a bunch of muscle and build a bunch of strength i could go do 200 burpees right now and i guarantee i'm gonna sweat like crazy and i'm gonna be really sore tomorrow does that mean that i'm building a bunch of muscle or you know building a bunch of strength from doing 200 burpees absolutely not if my goal is just to sweat and move my body a little bit well okay like that'll get the job done like that that meets the goal, you know, but for most people, they have a specific goal. So you want to make sure that you're actually measuring things that make sense for that goal and not just focusing on how much you're sweating or how sore you are the next day. And I'm not here to tell you how to work out or how to move your body or any of that stuff. I'm just trying to point out the fact that if you do have a certain goal, 
you want to make sure that you know you're doing the right things and measuring the right things to make sure that you are progressing within that goal if your goal is again just to move just to sweat a little bit then by all means like do whatever you want it doesn't really matter all that much just go sweat and move your body and enjoy it but again if you have a specific goal then you're going to want to make sure that you are measuring the right things so that you're not wasting your time and not seeing the progress that you want to see because there's nothing worse than putting in a bunch of effort and feeling like you're doing good but you're not really seeing the progress that you want to see and myth number five, the last myth on the list is you have to dedicate multiple hours per day to get fit. So this is one that I see still quite a bit. And I think it's a reason that a lot of people get kind of turned off from fitness or health in general is because they think that it's going to take a lot more time than it actually does. Now, I'm not going to say that like, you know, it takes zero time and you can get fit in, you know, an hour per week. But if you're able to dedicate, you know, a solid three to four, maybe five hours per week of exercise, like you can get a ton of benefits and make really good progress from that. And when you really like measure all that out, you know, three to five hours is still less than 3% of your entire week. So if you can dedicate three solid hours to, you know, fitness or strength training or something like that, again, you can see some really, really positive benefits. And over a good amount of time, you can make some really, really good progress. Because doing some things simply and doing it consistently over time is what is going to be most important. But where a lot of people get into trouble is they think they have to, you know, be in the gym for multiple hours a day and they go super hard at the beginning and they get burned out and they're just like super intense about it and things just don't work out because again, they get burnt out. They don't want to go to the gym anymore. They're too sore. Maybe they get hurt, like all those things. So instead of doing that and just going balls to the wall right away, Focus on consistency over intensity. And then as you start to get better, like as you start to you know, build better habits, as you start to get into more of a routine, as your body starts to adapt, then you can start to up the intensity a little bit. So for example, when I started running, when I was training for a marathon, when I started out, I was running like three times, sometimes four times a week, but it was for short time periods. And as I built up my endurance, as I got better at running, as my form improved, as I learned more about running, as I learned more about my body, I was able to up my intensity from week one. You know, my long run was five miles. And then when I was like week 17, week 16, I got all the way up to running 20 miles at one time. I didn't just go out on day one and try to run 20 miles because I would be stupid. Like I would have been struggling. I would have been cramping. I would have hated it. I probably would have quit. I would have never wanted to come back and do that again. But if you're smart about it, if you build up over time, focus on consistency, then it allows you to increase that intensity over time, which once you get those two things nailed down together, you're going to see the best progress. Consistency is very important, but intensity is also important. So as you're able to, you know, nail down that consistency, get good habits in place, get good routines in place, you're able to also start upping that intensity, which is where a lot of the good things start to happen. So when it comes to, you know, just fitness goals in general, whether it be nutrition goals or, you know, physical fitness type goals, like whatever, health goals, any of those type of goals that kind of fall under that umbrella. I always try to encourage people to start small and just worry about consistency, like just worry about building the habits, just worry about, you know, doing the simple things. And then over time, you can start to up that intensity, you can start to add in more things, you can start to get a little bit more advanced. But if you can do a lot of the simple things, you know, if you can focus on prioritizing protein, getting steps in your day, lifting weights, three, four times a week, like, eating mostly whole foods, like getting good sleep. Like if you can do a lot of those basic things consistently over a long period of time, you're going to be in 
pretty good shape. You're going to be ahead of a ton of people out there. If you can do that stuff, you know, for six months, 12 months, like you'll be unrecognizable to where you're at right now, because a lot of people struggle with doing those things consistently. Like a lot of people can do those things for short periods of time, but they, again, they do a lot of those things wrong where they try to be too intense too quickly. They try to add too much too soon. They try to get too advanced. And again, it just comes down to doing the simple things done consistently over time. And then as you get better with those things, you can kind of play around with other things. You can add more things. You can, you know, try different protocols. You can get more advanced with it until you have the basics nailed down. Don't worry about anything else. Get brilliant at the basics is something I read in a book at one point, And that's always kind of stuck with me. Brilliant at the basics, because a lot of people, they just don't do the basics. So if you can get really good at those, you're going to be in really good shape. You're going to be ahead of most people. And then again, you can kind of progress and continue to grow and do other things as you get better with those simple things. And with that being said, that is the five myths. So hopefully, you know, was able to clear up some, some things for you in this one, maybe change your mind on something or give you a little uh, insight into maybe something that you thought was true and isn't true anymore. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, there's many ways to approach fitness and health. Uh, but I think some of the things, again, you have to remember is like, does this certain thing actually make sense for me? do these methods that I'm trying to use, do they follow like basic science? Like, are they rooted in, you know, solid principles? Or are they just things that people made up that don't really make any sense or aren't backed by any science? Like, and then, you know, the other thing is like, can I do these things consistently for a long period of time? Because like, if some of these methods or, you know, some of this information or things that people are encouraging you to try don't really make sense for you, and they're not something that you can see yourself doing for you know, a long period of time, then it's probably not worth doing. So those are just some ways that, you know, you can kind of get through some of the some of the information out there that maybe isn't helpful to you or maybe is, you know, complicated or, you know, something like that. So with that being said, hopefully, you know, you got a you got a little nugget or two out of this. If this was helpful, you can always share it with somebody else that continues to help grow this podcast and help get it out to people. Last thing I have is just one on one coaching. If you know you're somebody who maybe you do struggle with figuring some of this stuff out, you know, you're just kind of overwhelmed and you don't want to do all the the thinking through all this stuff and figuring out what to do and coming up with your own plan, then, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching might be helpful for you. Uh, it's something that I help people with out every day is helping them figure out what actually makes sense for them, what actually is going to be sustainable for them and what is actually going to, you know, fit within their lifestyle and within their goals so that they can not have to give up their entire life or change their, you know, their whole approach or, you know, dedicate hours and hours in the gym or to fitness and health, but they can make this part of their life where, you know, they can still prioritize fitness and health, but they're also still being able to do, you know, live their normal life and not have to stress and obsess over every single detail. So if that is you and you need a little bit of help or you want a little bit of guidance, you can always fill out the application and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, but other than that, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, at the time that this comes out, it will be right around Thanksgiving. So hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving, eat a bunch of good food, enjoy your friends and family, and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>